0: Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And he's old. And I'm young. But we're both cute. You're listening to a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues.
1: Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged This is the Mangina Dialogues We at it again With your host Nick Scopes And the Gruegolicious You know how we do Cause you know we keeping it gangster and silly
2: Unplugged like a full swung titty to get jitty Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty
1: Yeah Cause this unhinged comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready Cause we bout to get it poppin' We ain't stopping.
2: I'm educated, unfiltered, unhinged. This the Mangina Dialogues. We had it again. Yeah, we had it again.
0: Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues. I am your host, Nick Scopes.
2: And I am at half strength, the Greg Alicious.
0: <laughs> and our guest today is super talented because he has it in his fucking name. <laughs> okay It's in his name Give it up All the way from Colorado Sam Talent How are you my man? Hey man Thank share. you guys for
1: having me I love that intro Makes me feel like I'm in a C club in Iowa so Thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh. And now I expect after that intro, I always expect the host to ask if they can sell merch afterward.
0: So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thanks I know for I, had having to put me. On, I had to put on my host voice. This isn't who yeah. I am normally. Yeah, i <laughs> glad you didn't
1: mention comment cards or anything. <laughs> Dustin, Diamond, <laughs> Dustin Diamond's here next week. I like that. Oh, jeez. are <laughs> definitely
2: in Iowa now. Oh, for sure, man. You know, it's funny. I've been to Iowa. Uh, one time, have you been to Iowa? I'm sure you have on comedy tours and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, a bunch, man. They love so, me in Iowa.
2: So I I had to go to Iowa for a wedding. Um, I don't know, one of my college buddies. And the closest we could come to Iowa, as I'm sure you probably know, flying in is Minneapolis, Minnesota, right?
1: Interesting.
2: So we had a drive from Minneapolis to this town in Iowa where Winnebago is based. So whatever town oh. that is. That's where this wedding was. So we drove. It was like a four-hour drive, right? The closest airport, four hours. So we drive from Minneapolis, stopped at an Indian casino in like cornfields somewhere between Minnesota and Iowa, right?
1: Trying to think.
2: I don't know. I I don't. Know, I can't remember the name of it. It'll come to me. We go in this casino middle of the day, and casino is loose. Loose for like. <laughs> you know weird warehouse in a field yeah right we Forest go city know, maybe that's yeah, what yeah. is that it then that's what it is yeah for so we're in this casino we're just playing some bullshit games complete blackout Right. The casino goes totally dark, <laughs> My like, God! right? Like in the middle of the day. And we're like, what the hell is going on? This is like out of a movie. Right. Totally dark for like 20 seconds. People are like screaming. Lights go back on. And it was like a bunch of cockroaches caught. Like all the locals are like trying to like build chips off of the tables. Of course. It was hysterical. So fine. Whatever. We leave. We drive into Iowa. The wedding was in a silo on the hottest day in oh. August. Oh my god! In Iowa, in a silo, right? Yeah, it smells like that. That is that's their like wedding venue in town. Oh like, my the god. Silo, you're it really was, painting Iowa in a bad. Oh way, my man. god! It was so, and I'm I I, I don't really I don't. Wear a suit. I've luckily never had to wear a suit to work. Sure, you're in there. swim trunks. So I'm in swim shirt I've got like
1: I've, I've <laughs> <laughs> your face or mine hat. <laughs> yeah, again,
2: tuxedo t-shirt, t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, I'm You know, okay. a corn cob pipe. And honestly, it was the most interesting, painful experience of of my life being in a silo in like 150 degrees in Iowa. That's my Iowa memory. I'm sure your comedy tour. Uh, memories of clubs are probably trumped the shit out of that
1: but no i mean performing at penguins in cedar rapids is the equivalent of being in a corn silo so i mean i don't (laughs) think it's they're two disparate
2: experiences how how do you wind up at uh in cedar rapids
1: uh well typically someone else cancels and they call me on wednesday (laughs) and uh and then i'm there you know
2: Hey Sam, you want to come to Iowa for a weekend gig, it's, and you're like, uh, "Fuck yeah!"
1: Yeah, Dov Davidoff couldn't make it, so let, uh, we we can't get your flyers up. But come on down. <laughs> we'll pay you in corn. Yeah, no, <laughs> Iowa's great, man. I love the uh, I love the great Midwest. I love America, though. Where you guys are is lovely too. I'm trying to talk my wife into coming up to like Providence and Boston, uh, hitting the city for a couple days in February. But
2: oh, that's you know. Cool. To do not shows, Connecticut, obviously. To do shows or just to, um, just to come out, just around. to come out,
1: man. She's got a week off of uh, hospital work, so I'm gonna try and take advantage of it. Well, I cool. I wanted to go to Florida, but she was like, "No, only idiots go to
2: Florida." Yeah, truth. <laughs> truth. <laughs> it's correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's proven. <laughs> it's <laughs> proven. <laughs> She's a doctor. She knows.
1: <laughs> oh well, man. No, we a, went if... to we went to Pensacola in December, which I'm not supposed to talk about. Actually, she was. <laughs> she was like no one posts no one posts about this whatever you do but yeah we were down there man you know
2: you got to live life taste death you know it's so true and i i just got to tell you like i i don't know what's up with florida i just don't like i don't know if they're just lying to the rest of the world or something yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right because i
0: I, I, they're they're I'm the sure. China of the United States.
2: It, it has to be yeah. because like I'm, in, I'm in this place in Florida, the villages, right? So I'm looking at, you know, their stats for this, you know, virus and it basically is showing that it's the lowest stat in the entire country, uh, entire state of Florida, this particular County.
1: Right. More and, people got rubella there. Right. Than right. Got like, COVID.
2: And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make sense, but whatever. So I asked a lot of people because I have a lot of friends there. Um,
1: you have a lot of friends at the world's largest retirement community. Yeah, my mom. My well, mom. Greg's, okay.
2: Greg's 75. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So, like, Greg,
1: what kind of scam are you running <laughs>
2: on these people?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he sells them hear? essential oils.
0: Hear, <laughs> yeah.
2: Bernie Madoff, you ever hear of him? He's my uncle. i um, <laughs> taking over the family business. It's a good hustle. So I'm like, something is not adding up. And. Then I'm, we're w- walking around. Nobody's wearing masks. They're partying in the streets like it's fucking Mardi Gras in New Orleans in February. And I'm like, there's something like this is not a bubble, right? It's not a bubble. And I am I was super pro- protective, like very cautious, very cautious. And I go home. I wind up getting sick. Yeah, and I'm like, there's something fucked up about this. Like they're not telling the truth. <laughs> so i don't know i don't know what's up with florida but hey come out east man we're way cooler here anyway brother i love it out there man i love
1: that whole core i don't you, what the fuck's up with delaware that's my only question for people on the
2: east coast delaware is like the red-headed stepchild of the east coast
1: what's happening i've been there but i've only been in a rest stop off of the turnpike i've never been into delaware
2: yeah. so delaware is famous for like two things heroin tax haven heroin, heroin. tax haven. gun violence i don't it's i don't know about gun violence but i know heroin i mean no i'm person. pretty sure that
1: it's uh dover or what's the other one
0: there uh
2: No, like
1: the other, no, yeah, like other big wilmington oh, i think well, wilmington, wilmington. Yeah, yeah. well Delaware like, the nation per capita in gun deaths
2: it might because if it's it has a serious drug problem
1: yeah and
2: like I don't know. I don't know if you ever listened to the, the Howard Stern show when Artie was on like regular. Brother, we
1: had it on E. I used to Reg- catch some beats to that for sure.
2: Well, Artie used to drive every night to, to Delaware to buy his drugs. Well, not <laughs> night, but that's where he would go from sure. Jersey City <laughs> to Delaware. And how long is that drive? It's not that long. It's like an hour and a half, hour and a okay. half. I mean, it's, it's not far. But, but he's probably
1: going, you know, 120 on the way there and then. 28 on the way back
2: <laughs> Thinking <laughs> he was going 120 yeah. Yeah. So, I, but Delaware gets a bad rap they have some nice beaches it's in, okay like they have good beaches in Delaware and the college town's pretty cool like where University of Delaware is but besides that um, I don't know what's redeeming about Delaware
1: yeah, man. I, I feel like it's the same way people think of Wyoming out where Maybe. we're from, where it's like they can't fathom anything happening there. Right. Like, I have a very hard time believing that anyone actually lives in Dover, Delaware. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it could be a hoax this could being be. perpetrated <laughs> against me.
0: The only time the only time I've been to Delaware is to visit one of my friends in college when we were in college at the University of Delaware. That's it. That was fun, but like, I've never gone past driven through on the way yeah, to other that, places
2: when i when i was um, when i first moved to new york city in the 90s we used to go to delaware to newark because there was a rock club there that would that would get bands and we would want to go see live music and that that happened to be like a stop for like that third level like thrash band that would mm. be able to come into Manhattan and there was really nowhere in Jersey for them to play. Sure. So they would play like that college club circuit and it would like Newark would be the closest one really to New York city besides some stuff up in New York state. And that's where we would go. We would go down to Newark. To so see
1: when you say Newark, I assume it's New Jersey, but there's no. a place in Delaware called Newark.
2: Yeah, that's where the school yeah, so is. So there's
0: Jersey. It's spelled differently, right? No. Any really i thought it was was a c i don't think so you sure all right i'm gonna look it up keep talking
1: anyway i'm sure your (laughs) listeners are like what's this giant yokel worried about delaware for?"
2: (laughs) (laughs) sure i'm just disinteresting everyone right now like you know delaware's having their pumpkin they got a president and now they got us talking about delaware that's right, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so, about time. So they're 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 coming to the into their own, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's spelled like Newark. It's just I remember it always being like Newark, New Jersey. And then you go there and they're like, no, it's Newark here. Yeah. Fancy. So, yeah,
2: they're fancy.
1: So they're pretentious about it. That's good. That makes me like them even less.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's so weird. Like I I don't, you know, we can sit on Delaware for an hour. Um you know, growing up in the East Coast, I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. Right? And no one even considered Delaware a thing. Like Delaware oh, was a place you would drive through to get to DC or Maryland or something. No one was like, Oh, let's go down, even though we knew the beaches were good. Nobody yeah. would be like, Let's go to the beach in Delaware. Nobody. Nobody. Unless
1: you guys were gonna open up a corporation.
2: Right. Then of course
0: Sally oh, Mays yeah. down there. Yeah. To,
2: that's uh, America's that's- tax haven. It's great. <laughs> that in Vegas. Yeah. Vegas oh. and Nevada. So let's talk about you for a little bit. You know, I mean,
0: yeah, fuck Delaware. Fuck Delaware is right.
2: So your home base is Colorado. Yes. How long have you lived? There? You've lived. You're there now because your wife's in med school.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm born and raised in Colorado, man. Uh, you know, on the eastern plains out there, just big yellow swaths of grain where I'm from. Uh moved to Denver in 2005, and I did some time in Ithaca, New York. I came up there and chilled for a while and did a bunch of drugs, <laughs> and then moved back to Denver, lived in Vegas for two years while my life was in med school, and then came up here in June, man. What and why Ithaca? Um, My best friend went to school at Ithaca College, oh, got it. you guys and I was very disillusioned by college in Colorado. I hated it. So I was like, shit, he looks like he's having fun. So I moved up there and just lived in an anarchist commune and ate a bunch of drugs and played music. We were in a band that toured all over. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just a lost period, pretty much. I have a very hard time with the chronology because there was so much hallucinogenic use. Right. The time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine you're into like jam bands and the dead. and. Stuff. Not at all.
1: <laughs> I hate right? fucking Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Uh, I'm very <laughs> happy that he's dead and buried. Um I was in a band called Jerry Garcia's Dead for a while. No, man, we were in a hardcore band. We were oh, in like sure. a very much like an SST slash noise band type thing. Um, yeah, man, I fucking hate jam bands, especially being from Colorado. They shove that shit
2: down your throat. I was going to say, how could you live in Colorado? And, and I mean, I guess that makes sense. Either you you love it because that's what so much of what, you know, is there and, and people go to Colorado for the whole jam band scene yeah. and all that shit, or you absolutely detest it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't like it because I have a personality. My personality doesn't have to be a guy who likes patchouli, you know? <laughs> like, whippets suck. If you want to hang out in a parking lot and suck gas out of a tank, it just get some real gas. Huff some gas.
0: <laughs> don't be a pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Don't.
1: People want to do whippets. They want to go to the parking lot and try and score some mushrooms. It's like, I can get you mushrooms right here, right now, and we can sit indoors and not have to listen to a bunch of guys play one fucking note over and over again. <laughs> So I sorry i, feel, I get I fired feel, up
0: no i feel similarly i get it. it they're good i mean i enjoy some of them but i'm never i'm never gonna go to a concert. what was the name of your band my band was called
1: red versus black uh oh, and a it was, we, we were like an anarchist you know we were young and opinionated uh but yeah i remember isn't disco biscuits is from jersey or philadelphia or
2: something right I don't I don't def, I don't think Jersey but
1: well you know, when I lived in Ithaca disco biscuits were the shit yeah and I remember I punched a kid in the stomach one time because he said they were the best band ever and I was <laughs> I was flying high I was on like Adderall and like wasted and he kept talking about, about disco, disco biscuits. biscuits and I was like no man like we can talk Los Lobos is better than disco biscuits <laughs> like let's get into it you know? yeah like my dad always makes the argument Los Lobos are the best American band and then I you know I got a put another pill in his mouth and tell him to chill out but uh send him back yeah. to the villages in florida yeah exactly <laughs> him and his him and greg's mom are down there in a conga line
2: yeah. <laughs> hey la bamba man don't fuck with la bamba. i'm not eating on la bamba
1: but yeah man i punched the kid right in the stomach <laughs>
0: as you should as you should yeah, yeah. It just makes That's- sense
1: and they had the time. To, it was like this is what's necessary. This has uh, to happen.
2: <laughs> if this fucking asshole says one more time to me, the Disco bandits are the best band ever. He's going. Yeah, it was out. like he
1: committed blasphemy, and I was so high that I was like, just you know, just saw red. It was. But I'm not you, proud of it. You
2: must. I mean, that's <laughs> interesting because you must have been on the outside of what the music scene in in Ithaca kind of was, right? Because I, I. I was on the outside of what society
1: was, man. I was living in a closet in an anarchist commune, signing my rent checks in blood, you know, drinking homemade mead and killing chickens. I was I was pretty far out,
0: <laughs> in general. And you married a doctor. You really came full circle. All right,
1: well, Nick, I gotta say, man, I married a hood rat who had a rat tail. All right, I did not marry a doctor. I did not marry anyone who thought they were going to be a doctor. Her success, her ascent is a big surprise, and I love it. And I'm very proud of her. But I did not marry a doctor. I married a 20 year old who had a bottle of codeine cough syrup she wanted to share. That's who I married. Well, I met her, she was 20, and I was 22. Uh, that sounded bad. Um, <laughs> 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 but yeah, she was, uh, you know, she, she made a lot of big decisions, and she's done a lot of great stuff. And I'm very proud of her
2: that's so how did she how did she go from sharing a bottle of cough syrup to going to med school like she didn't even
1: share it was my birthday party at this old punk house in denver and she showed up and she had a crush on me and she gave me two bottles of it uh so she didn't even share that's how good of a lady she is she knew what i needed um (laughs) yeah so she she was a cna she went back to school she decided she wanted to be a uh physician's assistant and then i was like well if you're gonna go for it if our lives are gonna be shit for four years you might as well be a doctor at the end of it right and uh she went she's a very good doctor man she's you know excellent marks in her schooling and she's out there on the fight in the good fight right now she got both vaccines she's solid
2: that's pretty awesome so speaking of vaccines that doesn't like you don't get to jump on that train because she gets them do you like is it extend to her family (laughs)
1: no man not at all and she's uh she thinks she's bulletproof like she's doing the equivalent of going for a cop's gun when we're out in public you know like she like
0: slicking licking yeah shit. exactly
1: uh-huh she's letting people spit in her mouth for more tokens <laughs> at the arcade um <laughs> yeah but then she, she forgets that she can bring it home to me who's uh you know luckily i had it not luckily but i did have it and hopefully i still have the antibodies how long ago did you have it I had it in December, man. I went to LA to do the WTF podcast and I got tested twice on the way out there. And then on the way back, I got home Um, and like my my eyes eyes hurt and I was sore. And I was like, well, I just drove 25 hours. Of course I'm sore. Right. And then the next day I had the same thing. I had chills and I was like feeling funky. And the next day I woke up, I didn't have any smell or taste. And I was like, oh, good. All my friends were right. Right. Um, And then I went and got tested and I had it. But again, I, I didn't like it didn't fuck me up, man so Marin gave it to you? Yeah. <laughs> that um, son of a bitch. My wife was like, "You have to call Marin and tell him you have COVID." And I was like, "Man, <laughs> I don't know, baby. We need yeah, this money."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, he's on a film set right now, so like he gets tested like twice a day when he gets there and when he leaves. So I was like, "I think that I think we're safe, you know." And I did get tested twice before I got to his house. I went there, saw him, spent the night and then turned around so i was as safe as possible right did
2: did uh did he ask you to get tested before you came by and and hung
1: i thought it was the right thing to do man you know um and again like i have no idea how i got it i think i got it eating arby's on the way home honestly because it was like your thing when you were in florida you got tested and then you left and you got it the next day i had arby's in the in the desert in nevada and I'm pretty sure that's like Florida, you know, yeah. I got it got there it, too. too. Yeah. Nick's nodding heartily. Yeah, for sure. It was Arby's. Hey, they got the meats. So, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I, the I, they, they got the meats and they got the, uh, the virus. I, I th- hopefully I got it on the way home is what
2: I think. Right. Yeah, it's fucking weird, man. You you backtrack it. It's like, how the hell can you tell? You know? Yeah. I mean, I have a friend that was just in a buddy of ours was just in Mexico for New Year's Eve and he was sending me videos of like where they were. And I'm I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Like, are you insane with what like I mean it was it was like a, a Vegas club, like day club party in the middle of the summer just people everywhere you know and i'm like dude you're insane and he got tested a bunch of times and he he didn't luckily um come down with it which is a fucking amazing because if you saw these videos i'll text him you're like those people are dead
0: <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> give him two, two weeks that is going to
2: be the next super strain you know coming out of mexico like it was insane i'm like you're nuts man
1: well, I heard that if you have hepatitis, you can't get COVID. So they're probably,
2: probably safe good. down there. I, I heard something similar. Yeah, Nick. same. Yeah, I think that's what's keeping Nick safe. Yeah.
1: Nikki, Nikki, <laughs> dirty dick down there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wish. That's going to be Nick's new name. Oh, that was coquettish. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 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 All right. So seriously. So <laughs> seriously, right? Seriously. Greg, yeah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> How- I want it like. All right, so seriously, on this comedy (laughs) podcast
0: called "The Mangina dialogs let's get fucking serious. Have some
1: decorum, gentlemen. Did you
0: storm the
2: Capitol, Sam? Were you there? I couldn't
1: get get up the wall. I don't have the (laughs) upper body
2: strength. (laughs) That would, you know, there's fucking videos of guys there hanging on that bottom, like just scraping. Like, (laughs) let (laughs) me up, (laughs) let me up, let me up. Uh huh. Uh, Those are the good videos that they haven't put out yet.
1: Yeah, it's because I don't think a lot of those people can do a chin up. You yeah, know what I mean? No, no. <laughs> like, God, God bless no, them. If you can get up that wall, get yeah, in there. They,
0: they, just, they just left their parents' basement playing yeah. Call of Duty. So yeah, man.
2: So how did you get into comedy? Right? Like you're you're in you're in, um, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, right? and you, that's where it seems like you spend most of your time. So how do you how do you get in to, to comedy, and then how do you parlay that into successful comedy?
1: uh i just i did improv first because i always wanted to be like chris farley or john candy as a kid like bill murray i thought i was going to go to second city and then i did improv in denver and then had that lost period in ithaca where i was just fucking gobbling sheets of acid and then i came home because i thought the band was going to take off but it turns out if you're a uh, you know an anti-capitalist band you don't make a lot of money um that was so here's something Here's a Connecticut connection. Yes, my band played at Wesleyan a lot. We would go play. Really? Yeah, because they had a they had a venue in their cafeteria. Yeah, and it was very you know liberal arts uh, sure. type yeah. shit. And I remember afterward, this anarchist like group of students wanted to have like a, they wanted us to have a, a fucking conversation with them afterward. And we're three very sweaty men who have twelve dollars to our name, and. <laughs> they they ask like, uh, I remember they asked the bass player, they're like, so what do you guys like, where do you guys stand like politically? Like who are the thinkers you most like adhered to, you know? And like the bass player is like, well, I like Bakunin, you know? And then uh, the singer was like, well, I'm willing, I like Emma Goldman, you know? And they were like, Sam, what do you think? And I was like, well, I think I got t-shirts for sale. Uh, if you guys want to buy some, we got <laughs> CDs. This van doesn't run on ideals, you know, like, come on, <laughs> what are we doing here?
0: when <laughs> The businessman inside you just woke up. <laughs> well, it's fun to
1: have, you know, ideals and these big ideas. But when you're sleeping in a van with two other men and you're dumpster diving for your food and smoking refries out of the, you know, cigarette butt containers, like, it's one thing. It, it, hypocrisy is something I detest, so I didn't. I didn't want to be guilty, you know. But anyway, I just started doing stand up and stand up rocks in Denver. We got a great scene. um Comedy works here, and you know, pretty much between Chicago and LA, there's no other. And there's no other cities besides Salt Lake, which can right. suck it. Yeah. So there was all these great one nighters. So we'd go to Wyoming and you know Idaho and New Mexico and Arizona and do all these shows, and then just eventually started. Worked from feature to headliner and was out working 45 weekends a year before uh, COVID hit.
2: Right. And how, like, how did you, like, is that how you wound up meeting all the, all these guys who were, have done, who did your audiobook, the read on your audiobook? And like, how do you get tied into that scene being from Colorado?
1: Well, it's because I worked, I was, I mean, I live in Colorado, you know, but I was on, I was in America, you know, right. I was gone 40 to 45 weekends for eight years and, you know you'll open for someone in a club and you meet you know that's how you'll meet someone or you'll be head co-headlining a festival with someone or that's what that's
2: what i keep telling telling nick is is you just kind of have to put yourself in in the spaces and just let it materialize right like well
1: yeah and also you need to have a high level of discomfort because when i was doing all these things i didn't ever have any money like All my friends would you know be buying their first house when i was 25 and meanwhile i'm sleeping on a floor in you know minneapolis uh if it's just it it was romantic and it was lovely and i enjoyed all the fringe benefits of being on the road as far as scoos and booze and all that stuff but it was i'm also very lucky that i don't i don't need a lot of creature comforts in that
2: way yeah i mean it's funny because i you know i i I read your website a whole bunch of times and and every time i read it i find like a little tidbit in there that i missed the last time just oh yeah there, right it, it's and, and forget the fact that it's you know just the, the routine you have up on that site's fucking hysterical thanks uh, man and all like and i don't know how much nick might have had seen it but there, <laughs> there's just some really great shit on there that anyone who's listening to this that you know really should take some time and go go to sam's website and and just peruse it. It's, well, I like I just terrible. like
0: the it's so like I'm at the the homepage when it's just like uh, I'll be back soon as soon as standup is back. If you want me to do a show in your backyard, email me. XOXO <laughs> Yeah. I was like that's something I would say to somebody. Like, you know, or text somebody, you know what I For mean? For sure, man. That's hilarious. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks, dude. I mean, that's how I feel. Like I I can't wait to come back, but I you know, the fucking loony bins, all these terrible clubs have been asking me to come in. And it's really hard for me to say yes because my wife, you know, her entire ICU is filled with dead and dying people. Right. So, like I said, the whole thing about hypocrisy, like I don't really have a lot of like spine or anything like that, but just doing something I know is wrong is really tough for me.
2: Yeah. Not that I'm
1: like a pillar of integrity, you know, let's, I'm not trying to fucking say
2: I'm good. so what what is the plan like are you going to get back out like when do you think you're going to get back out either on the road i mean are you doing local stuff or you're still staying kind of inside
1: oh man i haven't done a show since i think the week before halloween ever since shows quit being able to be outside right i haven't done any shows inside yeah um so i don't know man maybe yeah i don't know i really have no idea dude uh, luckily, the book has been successful, so I don't have to worry about the financial realities of not doing stand up. Right. But like if I wasn't married, I would have been working this entire time. Yeah. I'd be dead. You know, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have fucking stopped if I didn't have someone smarter than me telling me to chill. I would have been out there. Right.
2: So let's talk about the book. So how how long has the book been out? Uh, the book came out May 2nd. Right. And when when did you start working on it?
1: Uh, when my wife went to her first two years of med school in Vegas, I worked on it because I was very much alone while she was, I was widowed by her med school caseload and I didn't have any friends there. So I just, uh, I worked on that book whenever I was home when I wasn't on the road and it took me about like, I don't know, eight months to a year to crank out. Right. And what, who, who put the book out? Uh, I did, man. Cause I didn't get. I got connected with this like very powerful literary agent and he right. shopped it around and no one wanted to give us more than like five to seven grand. And at the time I was like, let's fucking take it. I'm an idiot. Right. Give me that money. And he was <laughs> like, he was like, no, no, you can do better than this. And that was his kiss off, I think. Right. So when the pandemic hit and all of my dates evaporated, cause the only way I ever made money for the last 10 years was from live performance. So I, uh, I put it out myself, you know, too big to fail press. And I package and ship every order that comes to my website
2: still to this day. So how did, what, what did you do to promote the book to, to have it be successful? Oh, God, dude, it.
1: I blew it. I was so bad at any amount of foresight. I think as soon as all my dates evaporated into September, I told everyone, hey, I'm going to put out a book. <laughs> uh, so pre-order it. So the first, I think, at least a thousand books I sold were through my Venmo and PayPal account. I was like, send me 25 bucks and I'll put this in the mail for you, which was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, like, I sent Stan Hope and he liked it. And then he talked about it. And then Kreischer had me on his podcast and he talked about it. And then like, uh, you know, like Matt and Shane and Philly and like some of the Come Town guys, like all these people who I've been friends with, or at least, you know, colleagues with talked about it. Ari Shafir, uh, Mark Norman and Joe List, just people all over the nation were, Right, comics anthony jeselnik talked about it and uh it just became like a word of mouth thing man
2: wow that's i mean that's pretty awesome to have that crew talking yeah, about that's yeah.
1: oh yeah well um, especially all those dark princes in new york who don't you know they're nihilistic pretty much if they yeah. say something's good yeah. then their legion of you know chuds and incels will do whatever they say to <laughs> i'm kidding they're lovely people they've been very nice, <laughs> nice to me but you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah.
2: especially, you know, I mean, I, you know, you know, we've had Mark on, and um, just the, he has a fanatic kind of fan base, right? So he does. You know that just for him to come out and say, "Oh, this is a great book. You should read this book." I mean, that, you know, that that's tremendous publicity that even a lit, you know, a, a publisher probably can't really get to those fans who are, you know, who are <laughs> truly aligned with you
1: yeah these fucking shovel victims in publishing were like who's this book for and i was like well probably fans of comedy and they were like well that's not very big and i was like what are you talking about <laughs>
0: like hey Here's you ever something. heard of uh joe rogan yeah exactly mark maron he had yeah. president fucking obama on his podcast
1: <laughs> yeah and they're like well if we can't get it in publishers weekly then i don't know what we're gonna do but dude mark norman read my book god bless him great great comedian uh great hang a lot of fun i don't know if the guy can read man um (laughs) and i feel really bad saying this but like he he had a tough time reading it and he uh
0: he can't focus well he's he's just got such a quick brain he's a squirrel dude yeah yeah
1: Yeah. he's a ferret in the dishwasher and like (laughs) i i love him dearly and i feel bad saying this but like i did i soda ended up having to read his chapter instead uh just because it was it was very disconjointed you know what
2: i mean right yeah
1: but soder he did character voices for everyone and you know he's a colorado boy
2: love big yeah. dan yeah 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 he's fucking he's great he's hysterical dude,
1: dude i don't know who's funnier than dan soda right now which is insane because i remember dan soda just being like you know dan from aurora who would come home <laughs> at christmas and uh you know do sets at all of our shows but man i'm so i'm so happy for him you
0: know
2: yeah, that's awesome those I mean,
0: midwest comics man they
2: uh you know it's, me, it's pretty it's good. Being on a on a hit comedy show like billions that uh really yeah exactly comedy <laughs> somebody
1: yeah it's having <laughs> the bonfire every day where you can just be funny professionally yeah right <laughs> i got it nick nick i gotta be a dickhead man colorado is not the midwest all right i'm very sorry <laughs> <laughs> i gotta drive <laughs> yeah. i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> man <laughs> uh yeah no we're we're the west man um well here's the thing is connecticut is that uh it's not new england is it the mid-atlantic where's connecticut? no it is, it is
0: it? it's technically new england but it's just i mean the state is very much split though in like two we have two area codes there's 203 which is southern connecticut it's like greenwich and whatever right by the city yeah. A lot of people commute in, and then you have the 860, which is northern Connecticut, which those people are fucking retarded, basically. <laughs> I mean, no, this, I'm guessing is,
1: I'm guessing you're from Southern Connecticut based yeah. on that.
0: Yeah. So no, but like this is this is what drove me nuts. Is I went to college in Springfield, Massachusetts. And yeah. that's, you know, right over the border of Connecticut, right? It's right there. But you met a lot of kids from northern Connecticut, and they it mostly is pertaining to sports teams. Like you'll meet kids that were New England Patriots fans, but also like the New York Yankees. And I'm like, you can't do that. No, how that's not how life works or New York Giants fans. But I like the Red Sox. And I was like, this part of Connecticut is fucking stupid. Everyone here. (laughs) You can't
2: do that shit. Connecticut's an interesting, interesting state, right? Because it, It really is it's like the balls of New England right it's literally like the entry point to what people consider New England right so but we we live really right outside New York City so no one who lives kind of where we live would I don't think ever say I live in New England they would say I live outside New York City right and nobody in their right mind considers anywhere remotely close to New York City to be New England that's a very small part of this state and then you go like i don't know 15 minutes inland right away from the water and it's called the connecticut valley and it's like any that's the best any like i don't know how you would describe it nick like like hardcore blue collar like just that's what it is some of the factory some of the
0: strongest kids like physic I played football in high school around here some of the strongest kids come out of there like there's a small town called Ansonia that has like 30 state championships oh wow they just have like f- like freak running backs and 300 300- each of their linemen this is high school they're all like 300 pounds plus yeah it's just like this whole it's a whole different world but it would- and it gets we could- weird man it's it's, a- weird. it's weird
2: like we did some comedy shows up there and it's just a totally different audience it it's just flat out you different you could audience. be
0: way more like Raunchy and whatever. Cause then there's, there's really Southern Connecticut, like where I live, like Fairfield, Westport, Greenwich, Darien, where you have millionaires and billionaires and hedge fund people. And it's, a, it's a fucking, that's a different world in its own. Right. It's yeah. such a weird, like, then you have Bridgeport, Connecticut, where like, I mean, I think at this state, I believe it's us and I think California, but we're so small. We have like the biggest divide in wealth, like from poorest person to richest Dude, person. I totally,
1: yeah. Cause I remember fuck what's the capital of connecticut hartford. hartford right so i was in hartford once my band played somewhere in hartford and you had like uh one side of town was beautiful these old like classic yeah. new england style mansions. West, you that's know? west hartford okay and then hartford and then yeah. you went over we, and got pizza at this place everyone said to go get pizza at and it was you know it was a very very serious part of town it was as scary as anywhere i'd been to at that point in my life you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, I lived
0: weird. I lived in what was called the West End of Hartford. So literally like the West Hartford line, and then one, two, three, there was my street. Mm-hmm. And then once you went a little bit past my street, it was over. It was very yeah. different. Because yeah. West Hartford is like very wealthy. It's big. They have two Whole Foods. They have two different high schools. They have, you know what I mean? Like big Jewish population, like big, very different than when you you make a right and go down Farmington Avenue, and all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, where the <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Where Nick, did
1: I go? What position did you play in football?
0: I was a center and a guard.
1: Okay, I was a left tackle.
0: Yeah, yeah I was man. left side. I was left guard. Yeah, I was. a boy, blind side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it needed all the hands on him he could get.
1: <laughs> Greg, we will fuck you up. All right?
0: <laughs> I'll drive block you into the fucking ground, dude. Yeah, man.
1: I'm going to fucking, I'm going to trap block your ass in the next week. Oh, all right? man. I missed hey. that.
2: Hey, I was. <laughs> a highly sought-after knuckleball pitcher in high school, I will throw 50 to 55-mile-an-hour chin music at you all day. Yeah,
1: but, Greg, that was before they desegregated the league. You know what I mean? That was that was when Satchel Page was still playing for cigarettes. Exactly. Right? <laughs>
2: exactly. Listen, you don't want to, you don't want 55 miles an hour coming at you.
0: Greg is the best athlete at the villages in Florida. He was the best.
1: <laughs> you know what, man? I was so bad at baseball. I played baseball I because hated it. I was I hated from a small it. town. There was nothing else to do in the summer but play baseball. And they put me in left field, you know, and I would, you know, heckle people and stuff. But Striking out in baseball as a child might be the most earth shattering thing to happen to you if you
0: were not molested. Yeah. It, you know, it's true. Or I molested I, while striking out. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you're in a Catholic <laughs> baseball league, most what likely. Nightmare. Yeah.
2: What a really, it's true. It's, it is traumatic for little kids because even, you know, when you're a little kid, you're seven, eight years old and you start playing baseball. I, I coached a couple of my kids and you know when you would start like actually pitching to them not off of a tee and you'd have a lot of kids who would like you know need 30 pitches just to hit yeah. one ball to the yeah. pitcher's mound it's really like demoralizing for sure and, you know for a little kid and then of course you have the good kids who like smack it around but i always felt so bad for the, the including my you know my kids who were not the best ball players that that just sucks like when i was a kid it didn't work that way like you didn't have that much opportunity to, to It's feel Also a boring fucking sport i sucks. think that baseball might be the biggest like i think kids get
1: better at baseball faster than they do at other sports like you i remember having kids who could throw heat yeah. when i was in like fourth grade like right after coach pitch and then i was still a little boy and you had a kid with pubes and a mustache on the mound just whipping balls at <laughs> you man it was it was gnarly. That
0: was me that was me i could pitch <laughs> couldn't do anything else on the field yeah.
2: Just Nothing. different kind of balls you were whipping around on the field. <laughs> yeah, but you had a head. knuckler Greg. You could whip a
1: knuckler in there.
2: <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you'd say fifty-five miles an hour is whipping sure. anything.
1: Well, I mean, if it's a knuckle ball, that's 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 some
2: twisty oh. heat. Nah, I, I think I had two pitches. I had a knuckleball and then I had a a slightly faster pitch. <laughs> it, it didn't it, it defied being labeled. It, it didn't even have a name. It was like <laughs> yeah. I threw a knuckleball and if that didn't work it was like I was on a softball field and True. then my second pitch was just a little bit faster.
0: <laughs> tiny bit. tiny bit. That was it.
2: I've only been in two fights, like fist fights in my life, both of them on the baseball field.
1: Wow. <laughs> so I've only cried in public once in my life and it was on a baseball <laughs>
2: field. <laughs> and I was 30.
0: It wasn't at a fish concert? No, man. I've, never,
1: I've been to an Oysterhead concert <laughs> once because I was trying to impress a girl.
0: That's Isn't the only it time amazing when there's a woman involved what you'll do?
1: Oh, dude, I almost got married in Buffalo, New York one time. Actually, in Niagara <laughs> Falls, Canada. Uh, yeah, no, I've done a lot of dumb stuff in the name of uh, just the chance of seeing a tit.
2: <laughs> Sad, Oysterhead. Right? Like yeah. I, I am like to be total transparent, I am a jam band fan. But okay. that being said, I don't like all of them. And Oysterhead might might actually be the worst one of all time. Okay. Interesting. Truly That's bad. the one I know the best. Might, might be the worst one. And which sucks because, you know, as far as like music goes with with what's his face from Primus.
1: Yeah, yeah, Les Claypool. Claypool, you know he's awesome. Like
2: yes, as, as a as a weirdo and as a musician, and, and Stuart everything. Copeland, hell yeah, of a drummer. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't like you put the th- and then what's his name Trey. Yeah, and right. you put the yeah. three of them together, and it's like, where does this go off the fucking world? Well, right? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, how does this happen? Yeah. And you know, Stewart Copeland has been in some very cool bands, obviously yeah. Police, but other bands that he's been part of, you know, weird, you know, kind of all different styles of music. Yeah. <laughs> and then these guys, and last year I heard they went back. I think they played a show in Colorado. I'm sure they did.
1: I know Fish comes out here and does Dick's Sporting Goods Arena like five nights in a row. Yeah. And I was like, who wants to, like, I don't know, anyway. Well, here's the thing, man. If you're ever in a situation where you're trying to defend being into jam bands and you're talking to someone who doesn't like jam bands, or in my situation where I do not like jam bands, talking to someone who does, just say you like Primus, and everyone (laughs) can agree on that. That brings everyone who's cool together. No one can really hate Primus unless they're a complete tool. It's it's kind of true. Or they like the band Tool, you know. I knew that was going. (laughs) I, I, I,
2: like Primus. I saw. I think the first time I ever saw Primus was on the very first or second Lollapalooza. Hell yeah! I mean, ages and ages ago, and they, I don't know. Like Les is just such a fucking wacko, right? He's so out there, um, which makes it awesome. Like, yeah. the music is so good, and then you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, geez, how much acid is this guy taking? Yeah, no. <laughs> that's know? I know. I
1: can't figure out if he actually does drugs or not, I though.
2: know. It's the weirdest thing. Same with uh, what's-his-name-from-Tool. The guy from Tool is, like, I don't think... I, I think he's never done any type of drugs at all. He owns a winery.
1: Yeah, which, in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the most fertile soil in the world. When I think great grapes, I think Arizona. <laughs> that's <laughs> an ar- that's so
0: weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, he's... I mean... I, I, there's a business owner in Denver who used to have me do uh, like raunchy bingo at one of his uh, restaurants. And the only conversation you could have with this guy was him bringing up some- somehow that he knew Maynard from Tool. Right. So I, I must have talked to this man a hundred weekends in a row, you know, hosting bingo three, three years in a row. And every time it'd be like, <laughs> that reminds me of my buddy Maynard from Tool, who I'm yeah. friendly with. Here's a photo you've seen a hundred times of me and Maynard from Tool.
0: oh man name name droppers are the coolest aren't they oh dude
1: it's crazy and whenever i'm guilty of it like i want to hang myself i want to commit sepoku
2: (laughs) (laughs) it is funny because i i i totally know that feeling like and i'm 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 the worst name dropper because it makes me uncomfortable Yeah. You know, to to say stuff like that. It's from my childhood. My dad was a sports agent growing up. Right. So I was always around like professional athletes as a a kid and then an early teen and got so much shit for it from like jealous kids in high school and, and stuff like that, that it always made me uncomfortable to be like, you know oh this guy was over our house this weekend talking yeah. to my dad
1: my well, babysitter's I... Mookie Blaylock all right <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> drop names but <laughs> is it really is no it... no that's oh, what you were saying, saying. <laughs> it wasn't
2: Mookie Blaylock although that would have been an awesome babysitter to have oh yeah uh but it like I just growing like I never was able like I and I think it's good because it never made me give a shit you know like I just don't care about that but it's made me very uncomfortable ever really being like oh yeah you know we and we had this guy or we're talking to those guys or that guy came through like it just makes me feel weird you know who was the most (laughs) famous
1: athlete you met as a child
2: oh my god um most famous athlete lawrence taylor whoa so your dad sold
1: blow as well
2: (laughs) he might (laughs) have out of (laughs) the might (laughs) have um That my, he was my dad was an agent for most of a lot of the New York Giants through awesome. that, that time period. Um, yeah, so Lawrence Taylor, um, I mean, Patrick Ewing, like just a lot of guys. Dave, Dave Meggett. No, nah, he actually, I never met Dave Meggett, he was on the oh. team, of course. Uh, you're pulling out some good ones. That's Go the one
1: Giants guy I could remember from back then, really. <laughs>
2: yeah, His, The second one was probably like Jim Burt, who won a bunch of Super Bowls with the Giants and the 49ers, who was no okay. Days. Um,
1: Jeff Hostetler,
2: yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Those, <laughs> You're just like yeah, Jeff. He those, was around. But, you know, Sims. No. I was trying to think of someone famous. <laughs> <laughs> All those guys. <laughs> and Anyway, man, like I mean, I haven't not read your book, but it, I'm absolutely going to buy it and read it because I it it just sounds awesome. Uh, is it? Before we go, is it, it? How much of it is like real life or as opposed to to fiction?
1: Well, there's just a lot of uh stories that comedians like kind of like it's happened to every comic if they're on the road long enough like the yeah. swingers who want to take you home and fuck them, or like you know uh just different drugs and booze stories it's i'd say that it's probably i don't know i bet most of the stories that happen in that book have happened to you know maybe 15 to 50 percent of comedians um But as far as me, like I not not a lot of it's like, you know, being in the Southwest, all the gigs that are in that book I have done. But some of the more debauched, uh, disgusting, awful behavior
2: is not firsthand experience. Right. I mean, it just sounds like a fucking awesome read.
1: It rocks, man. You know, if you're not a big reader like this thing has fistfights in it, it has drug use, it has sex, it has comedy, like. You know, I, I'm really proud of it. I was able to speak to the literary crowd and to people who uh, don't read a lot. You know, yeah. I think that's the masterstroke of the book. And you sure. can get it at samtalent.com.
2: samtallen dot com. Is that is that where to get you? Is that the only place to go to buy it?
1: No. So like, you can buy it off Amazon, but I make like six bucks off Amazon. If you buy it from me, you get a signed autograph copy, and I make seventeen dollars. So. And we have
2: to. And you have to go to the post office. Oh yeah, I, the post yeah, office get, ladies let's, love let's, me. Let's dog. get Sam to the post office a lot. I'm there That's, all the time.
1: I know all their names. I bring them. I bring them donuts. Now we're
2: friends. <laughs> the, you know, it's funny. I have, a, I have a friend that that has a self published book out right now. Not a self published. It's out with a on a publisher. Yeah. That he's Not happy with, and same shit. Like he's like, don't buy it on Amazon. Buy it for me. I'll do all these things. You'll get it for me, because of course he makes way 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 more money. Oh yeah. People are just lazy they'd rather get it in two fucking days than gives the guy that wrote the book the lion's share of the money and buy it from him and get a signed copy so buy the book on sam's website guys.
1: yeah damn. unless you want the ebook or you live outside of america then go to amazon and feed the war machine
2: yeah like if you live in delaware Feed Fiber. the war
0: machine
1: yeah yeah put some more skulls in bezos's coffer
2: yeah right all right <laughs> listen man if you decide to come out to this part of the country sometime yeah. soon we book comedy shows oh so- great um, we'll get you up on a, on a, whatever, whenever you're out here for sure. Perfect,
1: man. I will hit you up cause I'm coming out there to do the whole, all the New York podcast to promote the audio book, which comes out you know any fucking day now thank you tantor media group you pigs so um (laughs) i sold the rest of the audiobook and i was like yes this is great and now i've been just waiting for them to tell me when it's out i gave them the keys of the fucking castle like the cast who reads my audiobook is a real who's who of comedy it's awesome it's incredible and they're they're actually in connecticut so if i come out there you know uh maybe i'll come hang out with you guys do a show and then take a loaded rifle to their uh address and
2: where get are to the at? bottom of
1: things man where are they at i want to say they're in is it greenwich yeah could be it's felt like Greenwich.
2: Yep. Yep. yeah yeah i think they're there man yeah i know those fuckers let's go get them
1: let's go brother come on some
0: of the richest people in the world down there well they're about to be uh no i don't want it to... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We're
2: going to storm their mansions <laughs> yeah. like we storm the Capitol. Right. I'm always, we're going to smile. We're going to we're going to show up and we're going to just do stand-up shows in their front lawn.
1: I always threaten like acts of domestic terrorism on podcasts and then I got to be like it's a joke, it's satire. What a what a what a comedy, <laughs> what
0: a comedy show comedy we're here. doing here. Come on.
2: Yeah. It's the like, China dialogues. Who Hey, it?
0: FBI, if you're listening, nothing's yeah. going to happen. Just right. I'm married to a doctor. I'm a good guy.
2: <laughs> yeah. We got that MD coming soon. Yeah. That was what Mangala's wife
1: said too. So you know, it's not it's not a great defense. <laughs> it doesn't hold up. Yeah. All right. Man. Hey, I'm married it's- to a doctor. You know, not all bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about the bullets. Um, all right. Listen. Keep in touch. Obviously. Yeah, for uh, sure.
1: This was great, man. Thank you guys so much for having me.
2: Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming thanks on. Thanks for man. chilling with us. This is of course uh, awesome. Nick's gonna take a. Um, the mark norman course on how to read your book i will do it faster uh,
1: look man i gotta say i love you mark thank you so much but we just it wasn't it wasn't good for people to listen to <laughs>
2: I'm gonna, we're gonna isolate that clip and i'm gonna text it to him in a little bit oh good <laughs> all right man thanks a lot thanks guys, later, thanks, later, guys. Sam. Later.